Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of Zalora Talks. I'm your host, Angelique Manto, a TV and events presenter and fashion and beauty content creator. Now, this episode is probably gonna hit close to home for many of us. And it's really one of the things that I feel we Asians have a lot in common about. And that is frustrating beauty standards. I mean, who hasn't grown up seeing adverts where a brown-skinned girl fails to get a job or a boyfriend, and then when they use a whitening product, lo and behold, their life gets better, right? That's just the tip of the iceberg, and with me today to delve deeper are two incredible, gorgeous fellow Filipinas, I know you've heard her sultry voice or have seen her TikToks, among other things. Voiceover and ASMR artist, let's say hi to Inka Magnaye. Hi, Inka. It's such an honor to have you with us today. Hi, Angelique. And thank you so much for inviting me to come on to have this conversation. I'm so excited. Our second guest is also a multi-hyphenate creative, a professional makeup artist, writer, graphic designer, model, and tarot reader. Her blog called Pretty Positive is all about beauty and self-care for both the body and the spirit. Everyone, we have the wonderful Ariane Salazar. Hi, Er! Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me here. It's such an honor and a pleasure to be here. Before we begin, I feel the need to mention that this episode deals with issues that may be sensitive for some listeners with regards to mental health, body image, as well as instances of toxic or abusive behavior, which are inextricably related to that topic. So we wanted to do just this little heads up for you all. With that said, let's talk about beauty standards and beauty stereotypes in the Asian context. In the recent past, of course, we have seen how beauty has become more and more diverse and inclusive, at least compared to when we were growing up, right? Now, as little girls, if you... Take a few years back, and I assume you all are very young, so I'm saying few years back. Very few. Very few years back. <laughs> very, very few years back, I know. <laughs> what were your common sources of frustration when it came to beauty standards when you were growing up? Enka, let's start with you. Oh my goodness, where do I even begin? I remember <laughs> when I was younger, I really wanted to just I was always asking my mom to to bring me to the beauty salon because that was where they could blow dry my hair straight and I remember when I was younger I would I would beg my mom can we get my hair rebonded please because my hair was just like right now it's very tame because it's long so the weight kind of brings it down but Normally, when it's fresh, like newly dried out of the shower, my hair is pretty bushy. It's not even like gorgeous curls like Arianne's hair. You know what I mean? Mine is like when I read Harry Potter for the first time and it was described in the book that Hermione had 
bushy hair and like two big front teeth. I was like, oh my gosh, that's sweet. But she's English. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. So going back, it was just always going to the salon to get my hair straightened or thinking about when I would be old enough to be able to like do something to bleach my skin because Ooh, it was like super relatable right right yeah. it, it was always like a, oh you're so dark you're so dark um I, I was a swimmer when I was younger mm. so even darker <laughs> so it's a lot of that would you say the same air yeah, absolutely. Like those two things that uh, Inka told us about is very relatable to me. I asked my mom to let me straighten my hair when I was seven. So, you know, um, that shouldn't be something that a seven-year-old has on her wish list. Definitely. You know? It's not something that a young kid should want. But, you know, given everything that we're fed in the media, it's like having curly hair is wrong. Having curly hair is ugly. It's weird, right? So that's really one of the things on, on my list. And then the skin bleaching thing, that's also another, another thing I wanted to do because I had darker, uh, darker skin, right? And kids are mean, you know, they come up with kids all so different mean. kinds yes. of things to call you. And when you're in school and you're there every day, you know, and you keep hearing these things, you believe them because you're oh, young, yes. you don't you don't know anything else, right? So what you're told about yourself is what you believe. So that's really something that uh, hit home for me to Inca. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was in high school, one of my friends, he was like telling me, well, former friends, let's let's say mm -hmm. that. He basically told me like, what? Um, you could have been beautiful if your skin was just lighter. And I was oh, like, man. oh gosh. And you know, I believed him for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's so, because, you know, it's when people really repeat those things to you, yeah. it becomes sort of what you cultivate to be the truth about True. yourself. And you, know, and you don't know any better. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's also the adults. The like, it's the adults around you. Oh, don't stay under the sun. You're going worse. to get darker. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> also, weight. There's an ideal weight. like weight that you have to be in order to be beautiful or accepted. Correct. Which is one of the sore points for me too growing up because I was a little overweight. Like, nothing like medically concerning, right? Right. But where I was there and I was being called all again, all these names, right? And I really believed it to the point that I also had some like deep-seated insecurities about my weight along with everything else. And, you know, it's not just with the face and physique, right? I was talking to some of my friends about this, like uh, the ideal, right, is someone oh, yes. who's demure, very submissive kind of mm -hmm. woman. And if that's you, that's fine. Go ahead. But they somehow use it to, to bring down more opinionated and stronger mm -hmm. women. Now, isn't it funny when you think about it, pre-colonial Filipinos, the women are actually very strong. Oh, oh yes. yes. The women uh, were warriors, community leaders. leaders. Yeah. They were tattooed. So the demure kind of Maria Clara is a is a lady who's supposed to be this like ideal for the listeners uh, uh, oh, who yes. are not aware. Uh, this ideal Filipino woman with the ideal Filipina virtues: modest, demure, 
uh, soft-spoken, submissive, right? All these things. But when you think about it, those are the morals and values that came to the Philippines after we got colonized by the West. And I'm pretty sure even those from other countries would have figures or or women who were just as strong and are the image of strength. The way that other people see it as very unbecoming of the ideal woman is, is very frustrating like even just wearing makeup like some people Mm -hmm. would think oh you're wearing too much makeup or oh you're bearing too much skin there's no one correct way to be a woman right but with all the prescriptions that we've had across the centuries different kinds of prescriptions that have evolved they are still the same in their core, you know, the foundation of all of these standards and rules, the foundation is to control women, right? To make us insecure, to devalue ourselves, because that's where it begins. When we don't believe in our power, it's so hard to convince other people to yes. um, see that in us as well. And that's, a, the, the, the approach is very personal. It's a very maybe microscopic approach, you know, in, attack the individual so that there is less of a chance for this individual to influence the community and bring out their leadership, their, their nice. power, their strength, right? So this um, conversation about beauty standards is very important, not just in the Philippines or in Asia, but in the entire world, because there are so many of us, I mean, probably every woman I know has been affected by all of these prescriptions. And it's really limited us from really contributing in the way that we can, because we have to heal from something, you know? And we're always afraid to get like flack it's mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, am I going there's, to there's offend less someone? Fear. Yeah. yeah. So you you sell you you self censor before you even say or do anything because there's already this. You you've seen what happens to women who go beyond what they are, beyond their box. You know, beyond the confines. Yes. The standards, the rules that should apply to women, and all these things. I know you are very confident, both of you, and hearing you both and everything that you have to say, I am really very much amazed with how far you've come. But for sure, there was this journey before getting to this point. Let's start with Inka. So all of these things that I experienced, you know, uh, they definitely were a source of insecurity for me and they did do their part to hold me back. As an example, even features on a woman should be delicate, right? Quote unquote, should be delicate. So petite, tiny nose, you know, very like almond eyes and and all these things, right? But I don't have tiny features. I have actually pretty big features, like especially most prominently my teeth and my mouth and my lips and my gums. And that's something that so many people have fixated on for the my the entirety of my life. So growing up, it was such a big insecurity for me to even just smile because people are just like, why are you come so big? You know how mean kids can be, right? Yes. <laughs> so it's that. And even the adults who comment, 
you know, they really focus on it for some reason. Mm-hmm. So for a long time when I was a kid, I couldn't smile properly. How I would smile was I'll just like stop my upper lip right where my teeth are. And it's just, it's always there at the back of my mind. I find something funny and I want to laugh, but I'll actually cover but my mouth. But just answer yourself first. Yeah, I'll cover my mouth. Even, <laughs> even today, I catch myself doing that. When I laugh, uh, I find a joke funny. I cover my mouth. Not as as much as before, but I'm I'm still trying to fight that because as someone who has a following, oh my god, there's so many anonymous Fears. accounts. Oh yes, who sure. are just so brave and eager to jump on you know the insecurities that they feel like would hurt you the most. Uh, a lot of them go for my mouth, <laughs> but you know, um, I, I found power in that already because, oh yeah, Deva, what do you want me to do? I see you, Inka. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, what do you want me to do? I, I, I have gums. Um, it's my teeth. I have lips and my voice comes out of this mouth. So exactly. oh, what yes. are you going to do about it? <laughs> for right? sure. <laughs> How about you, Air? It's a lot of, of things. And at some point, it became too difficult for me. You know, all of these insecurities, they pile up on one another, especially if you don't take the time to, to heal them or you don't find the uh, safe space and uh, a dedicated time to yourself to really heal these things. Like if you deny that they ever happened, you know, it, it piles up on you and For me, that happened a few years ago where I was um, diagnosed with um, depression and anxiety because of (laughs) Inka's point. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, guys. Oh, man. Um, It's it's crazy. See, like we're just three people talking here and yet we have so many similar experiences right which goes to show just how impactful words are how impactful behaviors are to people but especially kids since a lot of us have experiences from we were younger right so for me there are still points where I get triggered you know when uh, let's say for example I'd like to have another serving of whatever I'm having, right? I get called back to the point in my life where I was told off, like, you know, when they, they slap your hand from the from the serving oh, spoon yeah. off oh. the rice or something like that. It's like, stop, you've yes. eaten too much, right? So sometimes yeah. there's still that voice in my head. It's like, girl, you better quit, right? But yeah. I'm learning to listen more to my body and what she needs, right? Sometimes it's an extra serving of rice. Sometimes, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yes. sometimes it's another a dessert that I'm craving, whatever the case is, right? But yeah, so... Although I've I've healed from most of it, sometimes it still comes up here and there. Especially in the industry where I work in, I work in beauty, right? And it's interesting because a lot of the most beautiful people I've ever made up, they still apologize for their features. Like you could imagine the most beautiful person you've ever seen in your life, and she she will sit in my makeup chair and apologize for her nose, her eyes, uh, her skin, you know, all of these different things. And it sort of calls back to a part of me where I I felt like I had to say that. And um, 
it's it's healing for me to be able to tell this person my makeup share that they don't need to apologize. So yeah. that's um, one of um, the things that I cope, uh, used to cope with, um, you know, this little voices in my head telling, oh, yeah. me, this, telling me that. So um, yeah. that has become an opportunity for that as well. I totally understand uh, where you're coming from, Arian, because... You know, I post a lot of these very motivational kind of inspirational type uh, things like where mm-hmm. uh, loving my body harder than even when I'm confident, when I'm insecure, that's when I try to love my body harder and all these things like that. And a lot of the times whenever I post those things is because I need to hear it. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's a letter so, yes. to sell. exactly. And then everyone else just relates. Oh, yes. I want to know what was the breakthrough moment for you both? Like we have gone through different things, but in the same way, they're all similar because it's all about standards and stereotypes growing up, especially. But how did you manage to get through it and come out of it as the strong, confident women that you guys are and even spreading the word along to other women as well? Air. For me, I don't think there was like a clear defining moment. It's, you know, like other things, it piles up until you're like, you know what? I'm exhausted. Oh, I just, yes. I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather do me because no matter what I do, some people are going to find something wrong about it. So I'd rather just do what I want and just do me. So that was where I started. And it, I guess it, it started with you know when they say fake it till you make it. Right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta act the part before you get oh, the yes. part. Something like that. So that's what I tried to to do, and I found a lot of people who supported me. So this is not work that I've done on my own. It's definitely something that I had helped with from the community from my doctors from people who are close to me you know so that really plays an important role in healing that's why I believe what we're doing now you know talking about all these different things is really important and I hope it gets to somebody who really needs to hear it how about you Inka kind of the same um as as Arian but mine was also you know, when something kind of traumatic or like big shakes up your life, Erin, you read tarot, right? I had a tower mm-hmm. moment. Oh, girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the tower. Because I also have cards, by the way. Mm-hmm. I have seven decks. So, Ooh. wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we can do that after this podcast. With... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For yeah. those who aren't familiar with, with tarot, the tower card is symbolic of chaos it's like when everything you know in your life falls apart for for the better usually but you know it's it still hurts it still hurts it's it's painful but it's something that you have to go through so yeah it's like basically a a demolition of yeah the the structures that have formed in your life because Mm -hmm. you need newer healthier ones so I went through that and when I was basically rubble at my own feet, I was like, oh, wow, there's really nothing left <laughs> for me to do. I guess I'm just going to start over. You know, mm-hmm. it was sort of like a, a starting over feeling. I wasn't even exhausted anymore. I was practically nothing. 
mm-hmm. practically yeah. because um, I came from a very insanely toxic relationship and toxic to the highest degree. And from there, you know, when you when you're when you come out of a relationship and you feel like you don't even know who you are anymore, okay. it was like that. It was tabula rasa. I had to build myself back up from from the ground up. And I was thinking, you know what? Since I'm building myself up from the basic foundations, I might as well start healthy foundations. So that's what I did. I started self-love habits. I meditated every day. I worked out every day. I ate healthy. You know, all these things that this is what they say works. So I'm 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 gonna do it. Now I wanna go to something a little more fun. I yeah. wanna know the most memorable comment that you've had, one good and one bad. Enka, what's the best comment that somebody has ever left you? Basically, she she commented on, on one of my posts that she wrote an article saying why she idolizes me or why she looks up to me. Oh. <laughs> and and I That's came so sweet. Ac- so sweet. I came across it when I was um I was in one of those low points, you know, when when you're diagnosed with depression, right? You have uh, like those ups and downs. I was in one of those dips. Mm-hmm. And um I saw why I look up to Inca Magnaya or something. Like that. It's it was a list. Oh. So sweet. So, That's so, so sweet. sweet. <laughs> when I when I saw the article, I honestly I cried because when you're in one of those dips, you don't believe mm-hmm. all the good things. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, yeah, people are just saying that. Or like, of course, they'll say that because they see me everywhere, but they don't know what's really happening. I, you know, the imposter syndrome kind of kicks in. You're like, I'm not that great. I'm nothing really. And it, that article kind of helped um, kind of perk me up a little bit. Basically, she said that... She loves that I am opinionated. I am unafraid to express what I'm thinking. And she appreciates how uh, eloquent I can be with how I feel. She likes that I'm introspective. She likes how I dress. But, but mostly it's it's like a the vibe, the persona, which is one of the reasons why I loved it. It wasn't even like, oh, she's hot. It's more of like what I am able to spark in her and inspire in her is why and I love that so much because there is nothing more that I would love to happen from my content than for other women to feel empowered in themselves because basically who I am today who I am right now my persona online and all these things I'm just trying to be the person I needed when I was younger and bullied and depressed. Mm -hmm. So that's the only thing I want. I want to know what was the worst comment you've ever received and how did you address it? It's usually like physical stuff because people love to do ad, that's what they call it, right? Ad, Ad hominem. Um, they love to hit uh, your physical attributes and all these things. But it makes me laugh when they do that because obviously they have nothing left to kind of um, hit you with. We can't say anything else. When it comes to haters, I 
am not the no judgy Inca that people can love. But, you know, I personally, I think that's fair game because you hit me from your um, very safe, very cloistered anonymous account, whereas I'm here in my full-faced glory. You can see me in my bikini and all that stuff, so I'm obviously not really hiding anything. But you know what I mean. It's like, I will give you the same energy, and I will not be afraid to do that. In fact, I I have to try on my best to, to not fight back sometimes, because it's a waste on on my energy. They'll shame you or try to hurt you and then when you try, when you defend yourself or fight back or when you when you step up and be like, no, I'm not going to take that disrespect, they will shame you further for defending yourself, which is so ridiculous. So it's like, what am I supposed to do? Just let you do that to me? Why? Right. I love myself too much to allow disrespect from someone who can't even show their face. I know that I'm not going to appeal to everybody, but for someone to go out of their way to just be like, she's such a cloud chaser. like. What for? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I have been doing whatever I've been doing even before I got viral. In fact, I even had to still do like some self-censoring to a point where I used to post kind of spicier photos on my Instagram before I got viral. But now that I have more of um, a platform, a bigger reach, I have more kids who follow me now. I can't really post the stuff that I used to post. So for them to even call me a cloud chaser now, it's funny to me because it also shows me how little they know of who I am. Often it's about my body as well. Like, why would I do that? Or what do I get from showing that part of my body? Like, for example, in the midst of the uh, pandemic, like when we were in the thick of it and we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I posted a picture of my fully grown underarm hair, you know, because like all the salons were closed. We weren't going out. Yeah, no one's waxing. <laughs> no one's waxing. <laughs> so it was just all there, you know. Yeah. And at that uh, time, my inspiration for posting that kind of photo was that this is my pandemic body. You know, this is the body mm-hmm. that's kept me healthy throughout this unprecedented time of uncertainty and fear right and this this is my body this is what it looks like now if this brings up in you some concern even anger or any kind of negative emotion it's an invitation for you to reflect on yourself why do you feel this way why does it disturb you that a woman has body hair right when our main concern at this point should be staying alive like why is this such a difficult thing for you to accept why is it so hard for you to see right why is it wrong when it grows on a woman's body yet you see all these men you know in the streets with their tops off with yeah. the, you know, nobody wants to see that either I guess but like you know why why do you have to call me out on it right yeah. so um, that was uh, one of the things that um, people had a lot to say about. And at that time, I was also more concerned with preserving my energy for more important things, right? And I feel like this is the 
the energy that I've carried with myself to the present. So recently, I got a comment from an older post and it was a picture of me in front of a mirror with some writing. So you can see all my belly rolls and things like that. And the, the quote on the mirror said something like, the weight that you need to lose is not on your body. Just forgive and let go, something like that. And then I received a comment that said, it's something like, you're encouraging people to be unhealthy. You're encouraging people to be obese like you or something like that. And what about people who have medical needs and, you know, stuff like that, which is a comment that's completely missing the point, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was an older post as well. So this was somebody who was actively trying to... Going through your stuff. Yes. And just yes. Like, yeah. yeah. Exactly. They, they were actively trying to undermine the message or to miss the point just so they could say something weird, right? So... Um, for me, when I receive those kinds of comments, I just, I guess I'm in a place where I just choose to extend compassion. It's work that they have to do themselves. It's an issue that I am not a part of. It's something that I really can't help with. When do you know that you really have gotten your message across? There was this um, one girl who said that it's her first time to wear a sleeveless top because she was always afraid of people calling her out on her thick arms. And I have mm. thick arms. And I don't really even think about it anymore. You know, when I post my body, it's just my body. But people are like, oh, she has thick arms like me. So this girl, a few years ago, she's like, you know, you inspired me to finally wear sleeveless tops and I haven't for years, like since I was a kid. I love right? that. And then there was this um, other um, girl who who tagged me in her bare skin selfie because I have uh, acne like it's I don't know been like sixteen years mm. that I've had the acne so it's a lifelong journey right and again I've learned to live with it I've learned to accept it but for other people it's still so new to them when somebody posts bare skin, no filters, no editing, things like that. And she even tagged me in her post, thanking me for, you know, being on her feed that day that she was feeling really particularly down about her skin. You know, we have those days. So I guess um, I know that the message is coming through when people get that push or they are they, they feel empowered to take a step or to be public with their self-love journey you know Love because that. a lot of people try to do the work very privately which is not it's not wrong but um you know there's a preference for that but that um I want to do this work on my own I don't want to be out about it yeah. until I'm completely 100% in love with myself, right? Right, right. But um, when people allow me to be part of their journey and when they find that that self-empowerment to be public about it, that's when I feel most fulfilled in this uh, work that, that we're doing. How I wish we've had 
you know, more figures when we were growing up who were more like us, who looked like us, who felt the same as we were. But now, I think even though we didn't experience having role models or figures, I think it helped us become the role models or figures for those who are looking in the present times. And I fully appreciate that there are more and more role models or figures to look up to in the form of you, Inca and Air, and to the many more creators who are really, you know, making a stamp and letting their voices be heard in terms of individuality and accepting the fullness of ourselves and not just saying yes to conforming to beauty standards and stereotypes and instead trying to break them and let other people know that in beauty there are no standards only the truest you absolutely and unfortunately that is all the time that we have for now how i wish we could just continue going on and on with this conversation on beauty standards, self-esteem, even social media we've tackled on because there's just so many aspects to it. But the conversation about it will still continue on. Thank you so much, Inka and Air, for adding your so much needed voices to this conversation. Thank you so much, girls. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having me. If you could plug your socials and content, if our listeners want more from you, where can they follow you online, Inka? Um, so you can follow me online everywhere, pretty much. It's at Inka Magnaye. That's I-N-K-A-M-A-G-N-A-Y-E. If you have a difficult time falling asleep or if you need help regaining your center let's say maybe you probably have anxiety and depression just like uh, Ariane and I do and if you need a little bit more help grounding yourself then please listen to my podcast it's called Sleeping Pill with Inca I guide you through simple breathing exercises I do like a guided meditation and then after that when you're nice and relaxed I read you a story or an essay or some poetry to help you fall asleep Uh, which is the goal. But if you just get relaxed, that's good enough for me. (laughs) Definitely hop on to that after listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about you, Air? You can find me on Instagram at Arian Salazar. So that's E-R-I-A-N-N-E-S-A-L-A-Z-A-R. And you can visit my website, I'mPrettyPositive.com for thoughts and insights on self-care for the body and spirit and also on YouTube you can search up Pretty Positive I post tarot readings and soon to come are the insights also that I post on my blog in video form and of course we want to say thank you to every single one who tuned in and we hope you can share with us And with your friends, the things that you have learned probably and share to your friends this podcast so they can listen in as well. Please don't forget to follow the Zalora Talks podcast as we have other exciting discussions coming right up. Until then, I'm your host, Angelique Manto, and this is Zalora Talks.